0: Hey everyone and welcome to episode 177 of Final Fantasy Union. I'm your host Daryl and I'm here as always with Lauren.
1: Hello guys.
0: How are we today Lauren?
1: We're doing well. We had a pretty fun-filled day yesterday. We got to go over to uh, Square Enix offices to check out Dragon Quest 11 and yeah it was really fun. Um, Daryl and I are not very active in the Dragon Quest sort of crowd, so it was kind of like a sort of eye opening experience into the world of Dragon Quest and uh we really enjoyed it, the both of us.
0: Yeah, I mean I don't think you've ever played a Dragon Quest game before, right? No. No, so neither of us have played Dragon Quest before, but we have played Boom Street and Matadaki yeah. Street, which has dragon quest as part of it so the like, same music <laughs> yeah some of the music was uh like when you go to sleep and stuff yeah. that was a sim- the, exactly the same music i know i and, was just um, like oh that's not like, that's
1: not um that's not just like so solidly for boom street it's uh actually from dragon quest yeah
0: and some of the characters you can play in boom street are also the enemies like the platypunk
1: yeah oh the platypunk is so cute like seriously if you're into cute little monsters Dragon Quest is freaking for you because I swear if they made a plushie of even half of them I would be so happy.
0: I would say though that based on I think it was last episode we asked we answered the question about which enemies do you feel bad about killing.
1: Oh my god.
0: If you have issues you probably wouldn't want to play Dragon Quest 11 because the enemies are just so adorable.
1: They are. There is a bunny unicorn. It's a cross between a bunny and a unicorn and it is a Adorable, and there's a cruel, cu- a cucumber, uh, which is essentially a cucumber that runs around.
0: Is that the one with the spear?
1: I think so. And then there's the hooded guy who's just a big thing of hair. And then there was a oh, there was one more that I loved. But yeah, no, like it's just jam packed, and slimes as well. Slimes are cute. They are. But yeah, no, I I really enjoyed it, and I definitely think like if you guys are interested, um, in like just getting into another JRPG from Square Enix, I definitely would recommend getting uh, Dragon Quest XI when it comes out. And it's it's not got that much longer until it comes out, September no, 4th. No, it's
0: out in, well, when this comes out, it'll be under a month.
1: Yeah, so definitely check it out. I'm probably going to play it on my channel, um, uh, going to do like the recording. So um, definitely check it out.
0: Yeah, I'd agree. Like, I had a really fun time playing it, and um, it definitely kind of harkens back to the older Final Fantasy games to me. Yeah. But I guess that's kind of the charm of Dragon Quest, right? It's never really changed that much. Yeah. Like, graphically, it's changed and stuff. And, like, they obviously have different stories and different representations of how the story is told. Um, but they are still, like, the battle system is, is very traditional. It's, like, old-school Final Fantasy battle system. Yeah. Where it's just, you make an action, they do it.
1: yeah. But enough about Dragon Quest.
0: Yeah, this isn't a Dragon Quest show. No, Maybe it and we're come. not even
1: talking about—we're not even really talking about Final Fantasy this episode. To be fair, well, kind of, <laughs> kind
0: of. So yeah, our main topic this episode is actually uh around the release of Octopath Traveler and whether it should have been a Final Fantasy game. So mm-hmm. that's going to be our main topic, and then we've got some questions afterwards always love some questions oh yes we always do love some but for you questions. new folks who are listening for the first time final fantasy union is part of a podcast series called final fantasy and kingdom hearts union and it's presented by the gaming union network we have a new show every tuesday working in rotation with kingdom Hearts union and we come on the itunes store as well as final and we're now going to run through our patreon shout outs this is for everyone who has pledged two dollars fifty or more per episode starting with lauren
1: Blue Machine at Blue Machine.
0: Then we have Lewis James.
1: Nahi Kablaoui.
0: Barry Norton at Notron Zero.
1: Chris Morales.
0: Eric Decker at Choco Taco.
1: Michael Graham.
0: Thorin Bullen at Massacre 23.
1: Zach Duranto at Z Duranto 58
0: Josh McNabb.
1: Mohamed Khayyam.
0: Rachel Kastadon at Urbion Ray.
1: Mike Shirley Donnelly at Curious Quail.
0: Zelda Clone at Apes Type Novels.
1: Tyson Weilman at Ty Wilman 1.
0: Darren Matthews at Doomster73.
1: Joseph Robertson at Pokemon Trader J. Keith
0: Field at The Mighty Keith.
1: Billy Jackson at Underscore Billy Jackson. Mike. Ishbilla Yella at Red Peppers.
0: Potanitas.
1: Rob Porter at Squirty Birdie One.
0: Tobias Cappy at The Tobias Kepi.
1: Nathaniel Jackson.
0: And Miles Ribbons.
1: Yay! Thank you
0: guys. Thank
1: you guys so much.
0: So, uh, if you are listening to this, uh, we have spoken previously about the event that we're running it's actually taking place this saturday this coming saturday the 11th of august if you haven't got tickets yet and you're intending to please 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 think about coming along it'll be great to meet some of you guys listen to the podcast if you just check out finalfantasyunion.com, you should be able to find out information quite easily if not Mm -hmm. check our social channels we'll be talking about it quite a lot this week
1: yep definitely
0: okay so on to our main topic should octopath traveler have been a final fantasy game Mm. This was actually uh, a topic that was suggested by Hugathi on our Discord channel. And he was basically uh, talking about, you know, obviously Octopath Traveler has, has done well since it it has released on the Switch. Uh, and b- we're bearing that in mind with Bravely as well. Um, should they both have been Final Fantasy games? Mm. For your reference here, Octopath Traveler has sold over a million copies in three weeks on the Switch despite it being like a very retro style 16 bit it's kind of like a 2d hd crossover visual style kind of thing but it looks like the art style is very similar to final fantasy 4 through 6 and um as bravely was as well it's it's very inspired by like the same art style as tactics same artist makes sense right yeah Um, And obviously, bravely, bravely default when that came out sold over a million copies, and its sequel sold, I think, about three quarters of a million. So yeah, I guess it comes down to the question of should should these titles have been Final Fantasy games instead of being given their own branding?
1: Well, let's sort of start with, I guess, the battle system. I mean, like from a JRPG perspective, like it is, it's it's a JRPG through and through. Like you have jobs, you have. abilities, attacks. Um it's yeah, I mean like it 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 plays it plays like a traditional JRPG essentially with some with some added bits in and um so from that perspective, it is similar to a classic Final Fantasy game, I'd say.
0: But as you said, that's just kind of hallmarks of JRPGs in general.
1: Yeah. So, I mean with that in mind I don't think it's ne- necessary for it to have been called a Final Fantasy game because yeah, it is like it the only thing in common that it has with it at at the moment is the fact that it's a JRPG essentially.
0: I mean, bravely obviously was inspired by Final Fantasy, mm-hmm. it was
1: The Four it, Warriors yeah, of Light. Yeah,
0: so it was essentially a spiritual four successor to Four Heroes of Light. Um so like it could they could easily have called it a Final Fantasy game, but I yeah. feel like in some ways, like if they'd have if they'd have branded Octopath Traveler and Bravely Default as Final Fantasy games, which you know, if we're looking historically, when they were trying to uh, integrate the brand into North America, they did just give games Final Fantasy names and then like gradually phased them out which I guess you could argue is what they did with bravely default like mm-hmm. they started up a new franchise and then it was okay it did okay so then they phased it out which is you know obviously what happened with mana and um the saga franchise I feel like if they'd have done that in these two instances I feel like it may have been a hindrance yeah like in some ways because people are just they've used final fantasy so much that I feel maybe people would have just started going, oh, it's another Final Fantasy game. Yeah, do I another really spin-off. Like, Do I need to care about this? Like, there's just so many spin-offs. It's just oversaturation. I think like people have been somewhat switched off because, I mean, you look at World of Final Fantasy. I know that was like a, a tribute game, but it didn't sell anywhere. Well, may, I think maybe it sold like three quarters of a million, maybe worldwide. But, you know, Octopath Traveler has exceeded that in three weeks. Yeah. And... It's not even using modern day graphics or anything. It's it's very, it's very retro. So mm. I think having it as its own thing has been nothing but a positive. Because now they can branch out. Like they can it's do true. whatever they want with this franchise. And I'm sure they're going to expand it further.
1: But I guess the other argument is um, sort of the way that they're going with Tokyo RPG Factory. I mean... I am Setsuna and Lost Sphere, like I am Setsuna did well, but Lost Sphere didn't necessarily do well. So,
0: but it didn't really receive much of a marketing push.
1: It didn't, either. but then Octopath Traveler didn't. I didn't feel I, like I've seen it. I everywhere. think that
0: received a bigger push mainly because it was on a Nintendo system. Maybe. So, Nintendo did a lot of stuff. To yeah, promote that's it. true.
1: That's true. They did have Nintendo on their side. Whereas, um, did that, those didn't even come out on the, on switch or anything
0: i did they? think i think lost i think they have now
1: yeah but, but not at the time no and this is exclusive on switch as well yes yes it, yes it so, is. so i mean the fact that it's like this new ip for switch players who probably are already interested in jrpgs as well being that it's a um nintendo like yeah it's kind of like a good fit for them but um Getting on to other things, I mean, uh, one of the interesting things that I've seen from it is the fact that there's so many different things that you can do with the people around town, like the NPCs, um, that you don't really get in the uh, traditional Final Fantasy games where you can steal from someone who's just walking around and, like, provoke them while walking around. Like, that's, that's entirely sort of, to me, I, I feel like that's new.
0: I should just caveat though the fact that neither of us have actually played this game yet.
1: Yeah, we well, we physically can't. We don't yeah, have a switch. We don't have a
0: switch. So this is more like a hypothetical situation in <clears throat> yeah. terms of like whether or not we think it would have benefited from it. I mean, Octopath Traveler has it's one of the best-selling Switch games now. Yeah, like, not many games have sold over a million copies on Switch. So the fact it's done it so quickly is is great for the franchise. Yeah, but I think like more. In a wider sense, you know, I was looking at like the list of PS4 games. How many of them are RPGs? Apparently, there are 154 RPGs. Jeez. But then, proportionally, not many of them are actually from Japanese developers. Mm. And then, the ones that are from Japanese developers, they're either sequels, remakes, or remasters. I think Lost Sphere and I Am Setsuna are two of the two of the only PS4 games that are new IPs that are RPGs mm. from Japanese developers, at least. Which but, like, was was kind of baff- like it just i sh- i couldn't fathom the fact that that that's the case like the the jrpgs have just kind of fallen so much that there's just no expectation around them. no one's really making new jrpgs that much yeah new IPs. and i feel like with what they're doing with octopath traveler it's kind of put it back on the map and said to people hey actually if you make a decent game it will sell it doesn't necessarily matter like what it looks like or whatever it's just It doesn't have to be like AAA graphics or anything. It can be a more retro style game. It just has to be good.
1: But then I guess the other benefit of Octopath Traveler versus like I Am Setsuna and Lost Sphere is the fact that because it's exclusive on the Switch in the moment, you can take it around with you and grind. Well, I think
0: Setsuna was on the Vita as well.
1: Oh, it might've been. I'm not entirely sure. By the way, like, I mean, I think that that's, that's provided a big appeal for um for certain people i mean like the switch is different from the vita though isn't it because you would have had to buy it would yeah cross play you could do cross play i guess it's it's difficult i feel like the nintendo switch is more from what i've heard it seems more user-friendly in um in how you can carry it around with you than the vita versus uh vita with the playstation 4 and um yeah 4 for did 3d crossplay i can't remember i think so yeah might have done by either way um but yeah like i think that that's something that's appealing to people um but yeah uh it's just it's just strange like i just i don't feel like i could call it a final fantasy game just by looking at it well they could have easily just
0: called it something like final fantasy octopath
1: yeah but I just don't, yeah. Like you said, like I just don't. I feel like that would have been a detriment, a detriment to it, just because outsiders sort of can look at Octopath Traveler and see it just as a game that's completely unconnected, and uh, you know we can just give it a go, whatever.
0: Yeah, I mean they've talked in in the media about it being like spiritual successor to Chrono Trigger and Final Fantasy VI and stuff but i think like the general public don't necessarily pay too much attention to that kind of thing no um it's obviously just that something they would have done to try and draw in the fans of the older games mm. to to check it out
1: and there's also the sort of like expectations from final fantasy fans to have a game that serves like the final fantasy brand well i mean granted the final fantasy brand is kind of like sort of up in the air at the moment with how many different interpretations of the gameplay that they've had how many stories they've had you know there's a lot of um there's a lot of sort of friction there between fans in the sense that like everybody has their preferences with regards to a Final Fantasy game so if this Octopath Traveler didn't fill some of the boxes of Final Fantasy fans as well Final Fantasy fans would write it off as well so you had that as well so I feel like yeah I feel like it would have closed it off a lot more if they if they had just called it another final fantasy game.
0: Yeah, and I think like for any company like Square Enix or otherwise, it's just good to have different different things you can call on. Yeah. Like Final Fantasy has been such a linchpin for them. Yeah. And Dragon Quest has as well. Like they just they've exploited those two franchises so so much. But now like the, the emergence of uh, NieR has been great for them. Like the fact that, that NieR Automata did so well. Mm-hmm. That they can now th- say okay, yeah, great. And it's just like that kind of building of things. Like before, they'd never really seen near as, or even Drakengard, or something that they've been making them. But it was never they had they never really had high expectations for them. No. But this time they were like, okay, let's just give it a chance. Let's see what happens if we actually give it a push. And it did really, 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 really well. So. Yeah. And it did really well. So you know, hopefully that's given them the confidence to to do more stuff now. And, you know, let's say Octopath Traveler continues to sell well for the next, like, six months. Let's say they release on other platforms, it gets another boost from that. And then they say, okay, guys, we're going to let you develop another one. We're going to develop a sequel. We're going to see how far we can push this now. We're going to give you a lot more money. Uh, We're going to give it a lot more marketing push. Let's see what we can really do with this franchise. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even if it sells the same amount again, That's still going to be good for a game of that magnitude.
1: Yeah, definitely. And like, I was actually talking with somebody um, at the Square Enix event um, about how it plays uh, story-wise. And even that is actually quite different from a Final Fantasy game in the sense that you can choose who you want to sort of experience the story from.
0: Yeah, it's not like a it's not like a linear progression. It's no. you have eight characters, hence Octopath Traveller. Yeah. It's eight paths that you travel along. Mm. And you can do it kind of in whatever order you want.
1: Yeah, like there's so much freedom there. Um, so it doesn't really follow the traditional Final Fantasy format anyway. Um, even Bravely like had a bit of a, well, that was a set continuous thing story, and yeah. they also were all a part of it at the same time. Whereas this yeah, this game you have to you have to earn the eight characters over time, and then you have to really go in and and finish each of their chapters, which could take an hour each for each chapter, and um and learn about them that way. So it is it is interesting. I think it's probably a game that's worth playing if you are a Final Fantasy fan and happen to have a Switch as well. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm I definitely am of the camp no. No yeah. Final Fantasy.
0: I mean, yeah, ag- agreed. I don't think either of them should have been Final Fantasy games. I feel like with the Bravely franchise, though, they've kind of pigeonholed themselves a little bit because mm. it was a 3DS game. It did so well on the 3DS. The 3DS has kind of died now. I feel like it's mm-hmm. kind of died now, but I could see them rebring like bringing it back on the Switch because Octopath Traveler has done so well.
1: Definitely. They've Um, kind of merged the lines between handheld and console with the Switch, which is nice.
0: And there hasn't been a Bravely game for a while now. Like Bravely, uh, the sequel, uh, I think that came out three, four years ago now. Mm -hmm. So it's been a while. Like they could easily just look at Octopath Trap and say, yep, that did well enough. Let's greenlight another Bravely game. Yeah. Okay. So on to our questions, Lauren. Do you want to take the first one?
1: I'll take the first one. So this one is from Brayden, um, our writer and uh amazingness um <laughs> and he asked what was the last final fantasy game you fully enjoyed
0: uh it's a bit difficult yeah i was thinking about this actually and unfortunately I'm, i may offend some people by saying this but it probably wasn't final fantasy 15 i think <laughs> there were parts of it that i i'd say that like i haven't if I'm saying like 100% satisfaction, I would probably say 10 was the mm-hmm. last one. Like I truly like really well, resonated well with me because I think every single game past that point, there have been things that I have had gripes with. And I, and I don't know if that's just the fact that I'm now older. So I have like higher expectations or whatever, because, you know, like tend to I, I there are parts of it that I really enjoy, but there are parts that I didn't. 12, same. 11 I had some parts I really enjoyed, but parts I really didn't. 13 again. Uh 14 as well. 15. I'd say the last one I probably enjoyed the most was probably Type 0, actually. Because mm. I enjoyed the gameplay to it. Yet, yeah, sure, there were, again, because it was a PSP game that was ported to the PlayStation 4, there were obvious issues with it. Because it was structured around travel and stuff. And it wasn't really fully fleshed out in many areas. Mm-hmm. But I did enjoy the gameplay. I enjoyed like the, the world that they'd built. I enjoyed the the narrative that they had. Could have been better though. And I think that's kind of my thing of the last maybe 15, yeah. 16 years. I enjoyed them, but there are things that could have been better.
1: Yeah. I mean like I really do like um uh World of Final Fantasy. That's probably the one that I've had the most fun with out of um the newer games. Of the main series, I mean, I I'd, I'd probably have to agree. I think 10 just sort of ticked all the boxes for me. Um, there were there were a lot of bits, though, of 14 that I really liked. Um, the only thing I didn't really connect well with, and I mean, it's a bit glaring considering it's a Final Fantasy game, was the story. Like, I just didn't really... I mean, granted, we. I feel like even though we played it for so long we only scratched the surface of what was happening in the story, in the main story scenario. But like, I still kind of felt like there was such a massive disconnect between the gameplay and the story.
0: It is hard with the MMOs though.
1: I did enjoy it. Like I did enjoy the gameplay. Um, and I enjoyed being a little uh Lollifel. Um And yeah, like I enjoyed, I enjoyed it at that time but I think the lasting effect of 10 I, I there just hasn't been another another one that's sort of topped it since then
0: And I do just want to like stress that it's not that I've disliked any of the games that have come no. it's just more that I think that's the one the last game where the stars all aligned for well
1: me. yeah I mean the question was fully enjoyed not half-assed enjoyed not
0: not just enjoyed
1: lukewarm enjoyment
0: <laughs> so you're going with world of final fantasy
1: I'm going with 10 for the main series and World of Final Fantasy, I guess, for the spin-offs because I do think World of Final Fantasy has really good, really, really, really good parts about it.
0: Okay, okay.
1: And you're going with 10.
0: Yeah, I'd say 10 is the last one I fully enjoyed. And Type-0. And and Type-0 is the one I probably enjoyed the most in terms of what it offered. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, like, the Zodiac Cage was good. I enjoyed playing it again, but I feel like there was kind of like it was when I first started playing it. There was just a point, I can't remember where that point was, but I think it's when you um, go on the airship, the Leviathan, I think for the first time. And it just kind of, the story just feels like it just hits a a dead point. Mm. I don't know. It just, it just feels like it just punches you in the stomach and like it just makes you lose a bit of motivation. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Okay. So the next question is from Rodney James Brown and wants to know, which summons do you think would make good parents and why? (laughs)
1: what <laughs> this question's interesting um, <laughs> which ones do i think would make good parents i don't know i i kind of want to say rama just because he looks like a man you say rama yeah rama ramu oh ramu. no
0: what's going on here rama You've been gladiated.
1: I know. I don't. I I don't know which one to choose anymore. To be honest, I think Rama would be interesting just because he looks like an old man. He looks like a. Um,
0: he he seems wise. Yeah, and Also, I would say that in in many of the games that he appears in, he does provide like a tutoring role.
1: Yeah, like he just kind of seems like a Gandalf type of daddy. Um, and then for, who would
0: be his wife? Um. <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, like, yeah, like this isn't like you know, um, trying to put any expectations on people about things. Um, but anyways, um, <laughs> uh, who? Oh, you you can only really think about Shiva, but I think she would make a well, terrible mother. Well, I would
0: mother. say you don't have. To, it doesn't necessarily have to be a mom. It could be two dads. Yeah,
1: it's true. Like that's what I was thinking. I, I think, think Bahama makes yeah, I was going a good um candidate.
0: He is he's the king.
1: I just feel like Shiva would be too full of herself to be And
0: Siren a would be mom. would Siren
1: Siren I think as well would probably be too full of herself cuz she's Siren and she'd also well to be fair she'd probably teach those kids freaking lessons because she'd just play a harp thing and then just like destroy them and
0: or they'd, I mean, it would be great for nap time.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's true. That's true. I'm thinking about destruction and you're thinking about lullabies. <laughs> I'm thinking like playing a high pitch sound so that they just shut up. <laughs> I'm, I'm a great parent. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess Bahamut and, Bahama and, um, and Rama probably are, are up there. Um, Doom train would be hilarious.
0: Everyone on board the Doom train. Time
1: for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I can't like...
0: Didn't he provide negative stasis effects? He'd just make people sick.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That would be great. Um, but I can't, for the life of me, think of like other ones. Like there's like the fairy. There's uh, is it Pixie? I mean, you've got brothers, but Six? they'd
0: be more, they're siblings uh, yeah, already. They're siblings. So they're, yeah. they're just kind of predefined.
1: No, they would not be good parents. They would be so... I mean, you forgot forgotten Maduin.
0: Maguin is Tara's daddy anyway.
1: Oh, yeah. He's it's a great true. parent. He is a great parent. The mega sisters are cute. I think one of them, I think... Um, but
0: again, they're siblings already.
1: They are siblings already, but I think that they would be like the good... They would be like the fairies Imagine from like... Imagine if that was your extended Sleeping family. Beauty?
0: On one side you had the mega sisters and the other side you had brothers.
1: <laughs> but I think they would be like the... Because um, like Aurora had three fairy mummies in um Their godmothers yeah but they were like they like took care of her and stuff
0: so basically what you're saying is if you're in a terror situation where your parents have been whisked away from you or potentially mm-hmm. murdered by some evil person, you'd want the mega sisters to step in mm-hmm. and raise
1: oh yeah, yeah, okay also, I mean imagine how amazing um the um oh, I forget her name now, but uh the rather round one, um Cindy. Is it Cindy I think it's or Cindy. Sandy? Cindy. Um, I think
0: Cindy. Sandy's the little girl.
1: Yeah. Cindy would be great for cannonballs and pools. Or is
0: it Mindy? Mandy?
1: Yeah, there's Mandy, Cindy. Mandy, Cindy, Sandy. I don't know. I can't remember. But either way, she would be great in pools. Mm. Um. So yeah, this last one is from uh, David, a.k.a. Squall9930, um, who asks, who would be your ideal dream composer for the next numbered Final Fantasy?
0: Ideal dream composer? Hmm. Mm. I would have to say Mizuta. Uh I think when he worked on Final Fantasy XI, I appreciated some of the stuff, like the Sanctuary of Zitar is, is gorgeous to listen to. Um, but he also wrote a lot of monotonous tracks as well, which grated me significantly. <laughs> I will never forget the Utunga Jungle. Um but I think the work that he did on Final Fantasy thirteen Part 2 was was great. I, I thought that soundtrack was fantastic. I would really love to see him being given a big bigger opportunity to work on a number of Final Fantasy game. I'd say my only other candidate would be Mitsuda. Mm. And, you know, he obviously made a big part about the fact that he'd never worked on a Final Fantasy game before he worked on Episode Ignis. And he has so much there's so much personality in what he provides. I haven't listened to too much of his more recent stuff outside of the episode Ignis stuff, um, but obviously he did like the Chrono Trigger, Chrono Cross. He did a lot of the music for uh, the Xeno series as well. So like he has a lot of uh, collateral. Like there's a, there's a lot in his back catalog that makes me believe that if he were to be given Final Fantasy XVI, it would be a very traditional styled uh soundtrack but it would have a lot of character which mm-hmm. is i think really if if there's anyone who, if kind of from the older generation that is very uematsu-esque it would be mitsuda
1: mm-hmm. yeah no i i agree with that i think that i think that that's quite good um those are quite good options for me i mean like yeah mitsuda would be would be really good i think his work on ignis was terrific unfortunately ishimoto has left but they could always make him a freelancer but i would say like i really like his work um especially sort of the choral more grander themes but lauren
0: he is definitely working on the seven remakes so there's know. no way he can work on the <laughs> title
1: it's true um but yeah but another another thing that i would love i mean i would love a combination because i think at the moment there's. Certain composers who are good at certain things, like Yoko Shimomura is really good with the, like, overpowering, like, emotional sort of songs. Um, but I would say Suzuki for battle music. I really loved his work in Final Fantasy fifteen. I really did. Um, and I mean, like, there is the added thing that he worked on a Metal Gear Solid. Um, but, like, I just like Hunter Be Hunted I always get back to and it's always just such a powerful Hellfire. song and then he also worked on Hellfire so like I just think that he would be really good for battle music and I feel like Ishimoto would be great for the more um, emotional stuff or even Yoko Shimomura for the so basically what you're saying stuff. is you want
0: a combination of those three to work on the yeah, soundtrack
1: yeah yeah or um, two of them, but definitely Suzuki on, on battle music. Cause I just think out of all the battle music in Final Fantasy 15, his was my, his tunes were my favorite.
0: Hmm. I mean, if we're going collaborations, I think that Mizuta and Hamwazu did a good job together. Mm. I, the 13 soundtrack was kind of hit and miss to me. I thought there were some really good parts of it and some mm. not so great parts. So Hamwazu I'm not too sure about. Mm-hmm. but I, I would i would love to see someone else be given the opportunity to to show what they can do i yeah, think hamwazu had his had his time with 13 works built on 13 and lightning returns 13 2 and lightning returns as well but i would love to see um yeah Mizuto or or uh mitsuda mm-hmm. and you would love to see a combination just merge everyone together just merge everyone together
1: a bit like what they do now
0: mm. anyway so that is the end of our episode so we're going to go to our music segment now which is from Final Fantasy IX. It's an arrangement of The Place I'll Return to Someday, and it's a Mm. mandolin, it's a very quaint mandolin arrangement by Box Monkey Studios. So hopefully you guys enjoy that. The next episode of Final Fantasy Union is scheduled to come out on the 21st of August, which I think is after Gamescom or in the middle of it. So Mm. hopefully we'll have some cool stuff to talk about. It's been very quiet.
1: Yeah, it has been
0: recently i mean there's been lots of mobile news so um there's been the dream within a dream event happening in mobius right now the cast of final fantasy 8 i think are in brave Exvius for the first time there's some yeah. stuff going on with record keeper opera has just had chapter 9 launch i think um so definitely a one? lot going
1: on with mobile
0: i feel like i missed one of the mobile games out there and also no? we They're have powerful.
1: we have uh dissidia we have renoa coming um at some point this month
0: yes in nt
1: yeah, so, yeah, there's like some little bits here and there on the horizon or happening now, which is pretty cool. But yeah, no, nothing major. Hopefully we'll get some stuff out of Gamescom.
0: Yes, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. But anyway, be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes if you just search for Final Fantasy. We should be there or thereabouts. And of course, if you haven't done so already, check out our YouTube channel. Just search for Final Fantasy Union on YouTube and uh, we'll be there. Also, if you want to check out all our news coverage as well as all our kind of archive episodes, head to funnelfancyunion.com. And if you really enjoy what we do, please remember that you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash FFKHunion. And with that, it's time for us to say goodbye.
1: Bye, guys. And I'm
0: Daryl saying goodbye. This has been a funnelfancyunion.com production.